This is News Talk 980 CKNW. Well, we would like to think when bodies such as the B.C. Securities Commission issue fines uh, that the people that are fined would pay them. Well, not so, according to an exclusive news story written by journalist Gordon Hoekstra. And Gordon joins us on the line to uh, give us a few more details this morning. Uh, Good morning to you. Good morning, Joe. How are you? I'm good. How about you? I'm doing fine. Uh, interesting, interesting story. Tell us a bit about uh, your findings and these unpaid fines that have been issued by the BC Securities Commission. I got interested in this last year when I was looking into a particular case and uh, the person had been fined $3 million. And uh, in talking to the commission, it, it seemed clear that there was little likelihood at all of it being collected. And so then I started asking some questions and doing a little bit of digging to see, okay, well, how often do they collect fines? And uh, by putting all the information together, uh, it turns out that in the last decade, they've issued more than half a billion dollars in penalties, which include both fines directly for you know violating the act or perpetrating some kind of fraud, or orders to pay back proceeds of these uh, frauds, and only about 2% of it's being collected. So you can imagine it creates a situation where you you know you produce these headlines, including on our newspaper, maybe even on your radio station. You know that seems to give the impression that the commission's getting uh, tough on these fraudsters. Yet the fines are never collected. And did you get a reason as to why they don't collect? Well, they 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 say that it's the nature of the of the of the, uh, of the sort of the crimes or the uh, situation. So you're talking about people who have either spent the money in some cases. Or they have, you know, left the jurisdiction, or they've hidden the money. So they they say that it's very difficult to collect the thing, and I, and I don't disbelieve that. But you know, we we also did a little bit of work to try and track down to see if these people had some assets, you know, either directly or indirectly, and uh, we were managed to sort of track down about thirty million or so in assets of some of these folks that have had the bigger fines, including a fellow who lives in Las Vegas, you know, who owns a seven hundred thousand dollar home. And and is that part of, uh, did you find a pattern there of people that were fined in B.C. And, and leave the jurisdiction and try and evade it that way? Yeah, there's a little bit of that. But, uh, you know, there's also many people who uh, who live in, in the province, you know, and uh, they either have put the assets uh, that they have in their in their spouse's name or... Uh, you know, they are in somebody, and you know, in some other sort of, they're they're jointly owned with some other family members, which you know would make it a bit more difficult to try and uh, to uh, get these assets. But you know, then you know, we found a woman who owns a, a Mercedes. You know, and, and talking to the Ontario Securities Commission, they say that they do go after some of these smaller assets, even though it doesn't get them a lot of money. But at least it sends a signal to these uh, fraudsters that they just can't get off scot free. Uh, because I would think that your story and uh, perhaps uh, those involved in this more intimately would know this and know that they don't actually collect, which kind of makes it seem, uh, what's the deterrent? Even if you know you're going to be slapped with a huge fine, if you know you don't have to pay it, why would you care? Well, that's exactly the point. I mean, I think one of the basic tenets or underpinnings of our justice system, whether you're talking about the courts or these kinds of penalties, is that, you know, you, you issue these penalties because you're, you know, you're trying to First of all, denounce the, the uh, you know the the illegal activity, whether you know you know in terms of you know some kind of punishment, but you're also trying to deter the uh, deter the activity, and that's you know and, and the commission itself says that's why they issue these these penalties to deter the activity. 
but if you never collect on them, then, you know, what's the deterrent? You know, and that's the concern in talking to, you know, uh, advocacy groups who represent seniors or investors and an expert they've talked to has said that, you know, then you create a situation of, uh, of impunity. And so, and that only uh, fosters more, you know, more of these kinds of violations. And you write about the collection part of this, too, because even that part of the story I find a bit shocking in that you would think they would want to collect on these penalties. But as you've written, there's only one person in the whole commission that's that, that has the job of doing that. Yeah. And, and, and that person that, who is dedicated to, you know, like oversee collections or, or be involved in this, uh, new, this job has only been hired in the last year or so. So, um, you know, this is not even a person that has been, you know, working on this for the last 10 years. And I think it, it you know, it, it's, it's interesting because, you know, um, I, you know, I, you know, I mean, I've talked to some folks who have some familiarity with, you know, how the commission works. And, and I think there's a bit of a, a public relations exercise that goes along with this, you know, to, to give the idea that they're cracking down uh, on these, on these, uh, perpetrators, uh, but there, there is a you know an issue when you, the effort I guess take, that you need to take in order to go after these fines, uh, given these kind of people that do these that that do these frauds. I mean, it, it's not going to be easy, but it doesn't mean that you shouldn't take those kinds of actions. Obviously, and I would imagine people who have been duped by these fraudsters are also not pleased with the lack of action. Yeah, no, the people who, uh, you know, have been, uh, you know, have been built of money, uh, you know, find it particularly galling that, uh, you know, that people are not paying these penalties. And in particular, when they, when they have some knowledge or they learn that the, the people themselves, you know, basically continue to leave, live in the homes that they did, you know, um, uh, when they perpetrated these frauds. And it, and it seems to them that, you know, that there really doesn't seem to be any kind of a penalty. I mean, one of the fellows that was involved in it with a guy that was moved to Las Vegas, you know, he lives in the, in the Dunbar area here in the west side of Vancouver. And, you know, as many people know, it's a very nice area. You know, the home that he lives in, that, it, that he put in his wife's name, you know, a couple of years before he got involved in this investment club that led to, to his, uh, you know, his charges, uh, you know, is, is worth like $4.5 million. You know, it's a stone's throw away from, you know, St. George's private school. And I, and I think people just find it galling that they're not paying the penalties. And then also the, the fact of the matter is that jail time is very rare for these guys as well. Well, it's a very interesting article. Gordon, we'll have to leave it there. But thank you so much for joining us this morning. Vancouver's News, Vancouver's Talk. This is News Talk 980 CKNW.